1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases,
1: anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised.
0: Hey!
2: This is episode number 125 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal! The podcast takes a hardcore look, gets some softcore crime. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with two tales about the microwavable treat that can't be beat. They're hot, they're uh, pocket-shaped, they're hot pockets, and apparently they make people do some crazy shit. I'm salivating at the mouth over here, so let's get into it, and take a bite out of crime. But first, I gotta tell you an extremely mediocre joke. What's Forrest Gump's email password? One, forest. One. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple of tales of low level true crime. Don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home with a full belly. But I can't promise you won't have heartburn, diarrhea, or regret. Episode number 125. Hot pockets. Hot pockets is an American brand of microwavable turnovers, generally containing one or more types of cheese, meat, or vegetables, says Wikipedia. Mm mm We don't have hot pockets over here in Canada, eh? but we have some similar microwavable trash, as I'm sure all places around the world do. I shouldn't call them trash. They're actually pretty yummy. We have these bistro crostinis. <laughs> they're called. I hate saying that name. And they have Philly cheesesteak flavor, ham and cheese, meatball and mozzarella, stuff like that. They're good and fairly cheap. We have pizza pops too, which are also pocket-shaped. As a teenager, I'd microwave up one of those bad boys almost daily for lunch or a quick snack and get that cheesy pepperoni deliciousness inside of me. I love those things. But would I be willing to go to jail for them? Hell no. Of course not. I don't think anyone would. Would they? Okay, our first incident takes place in Louisville, Kentucky. Is Louisville a safe place to live? No, not really. Let's check in with our friends over at NeighborhoodScout.com to find out more. Louisville receives a 7 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 7% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime over there are 1 in 133, 1 in 467 for the rest of Kentucky. So, pretty rough by Kentucky standards. This story is going to be silly, downright ridiculous, really, but as serious and potentially dangerous as it gets, at least on this show. The date is May 20th, 2023 so not that long ago, and it's a Saturday night, around 8.30pm. We're at a house shared by two men, roommates. I have the court citation, which has some personal info on it, the exact address, but I'm not going to say it and blow up their spot. But I just wanted to check and see if this was an apartment the men shared, or a house. And yeah, it's a house. I cruised the Google Street View, and it's a small brown bungalow on a 5,227-square-foot lot. Looks cozy, and has a value of approximately $114,000. These days, that is pretty darn cheap. Not sure of the living dynamic of these two, but I'm assuming one of these guys owns a home, and the other's a buddy renting off of him. Anyway, one of the men is 64-year-old Clifton Williams. He's our key player. And the other was never named. For story flow's sake, we'll call him Billy Bob. Now, Clifton has been downing some drinks. He's got a pretty decent buzz going. It's the weekend, baby. So he's letting his hair down, as one does. He hasn't had dinner yet. It's after 8, so those hunger pangs are starting to set in. And Clifton has one delectable treat on his mind. He's going to heat himself up a Hot Pocket. There are at least 50 flavors of Hot Pockets out there. The steak nacho looks pretty tasty. Chicken bacon ranch, bacon egg and cheese, all mouth-watering options. And if I'm being totally honest, I'd devour just about every single one of them. Clifton opens up the freezer and, uh uh-oh, there's none left. Oh no, he didn't. Billy Bob ate the last mother-effing Hot Pocket. That dirty, dirty son of a bitch. As you can imagine, this gets our boy Clifton fired up. And he lets Billy Bob know that he ain't too happy about it. They get into a heated argument, then things escalate and get physical. Clifton starts throwing tiles at his roomie. At that point, Billy Bob gets fed up and retaliates. Here's a quote later on from Billy Bob to police. Quote, I attempted to fight back by trying to beat his ass. This would prove to be no easy feat. Both men are older. I'm not sure of Billy Bob's size, but Clifton is 5 feet 10 inches tall and 246 pounds. So he's a fairly big boy, and obviously that weight isn't all muscle. I'd be willing to wager a quarter of that is Hot Pockets and beer, but he'd still be hard to move. After the scuffle, both men are breathing heavy, and Billy Bob walks out the front door to get some fresh air. You know, cool off. Meanwhile, Clifton's not done. He goes to the back room and retrieves a pistol. He follows Billy Bob outside. Double B screams out, Don't shoot! and attempts to run away, but he wasn't quick enough. And Clifton shoots him right in the ass cheek. Despite the pain, Billy Bob got his injured ass out of there and ran a few blocks away to safety. At that point, he called police for help and was taken to the University of Louisville Hospital to get treated for his wound. Eventually, the police caught up with Clifton at his home around 1 a.m. He was arrested without incident and charged with felony assault. He has a big grin on his face in his mugshot and doesn't seem too concerned with the very serious charge he's facing. Maybe it hit him once the booze wore off. I don't care how much you love Hot Pockets, human life is more important. And that was a mega overreaction on his part. I know that's a controversial stance that I have here, but I stand by that statement. Clifton is not allowed to have contact with the victim, so I guess they'll no longer be roommates. And he's not allowed to possess any firearms for the time being which is probably a good thing since he clearly isn't capable of controlling his emotions. He pled not guilty to the charge, and this is still ongoing. Definitely a story I will give an update on in the future when I find out his punishment. I hope Billy Bob is doing well. I always thought if I had to get shot somewhere, I'd choose the butt cheek too. It seems the safest, no vital organs in there, lots of flesh to stop the bullet, depending on how big your booty is, of course. But I bet it's painful. You probably wouldn't be able to sit down comfortably for months. It'd be hard to walk. You'd have a massive bruise on your tush. It'd still be rough. We have some action in the Daily Mail comment section on this one. 146 comments. So let's read a few. Red, White, and Blue 2020 says, Funny how you only hear about these nut jobs in America. That's not entirely true. There's nut jobs everywhere. But yeah, if someone told me about this story and made me guess where it took place, I'd probably guess Florida or Alabama, something like that. So perhaps there's some truth to that statement. Bill the Man says, Eating the last Hot Pocket is one of those things you just don't do. To which Electric responded, It's like drinking the last two beers. Tiger Lady added, Wow, what is wrong with people? You just don't take someone's last Hot Pocket. I took a different turn at the end there. Yeah, we don't know the history between these two men. Maybe Clifton's like, when I go shopping, help yourself to whatever you like, but I just have one rule. Don't touch my hot pockets. Or this is something Billy Bob has done in the past. There should never be a last hot pocket in the freezer. It's like toilet paper or beer or milk. You don't wait till it's all gone and say, oh, we're out of toilet paper, better go get some. No. You realize there's only a few rolls left, then you make sure you get your buns over to the store before you run out. That's just the way it works. Pretty wild story, though. Imagine shooting your roommate in the ass with a pistol for eating the last Hot Pocket. It'll be a great story to tell at a dinner party. Well, maybe just for Billy Bob. Clifton's just going to sound like an absolute psychopath. Alright, let's move on to our next crime story, which, believe it or not, will also involve Hot Pockets. And for this one, we are headed to Choyas View. Which is an urban community in the southeastern section of San Diego, which is in California. Is Choice View a nice neighborhood? By the sounds of it, no. I was on this site, Trulia.com, and we have reviews from a couple of residents who live over there. The first anonymous user said this two years ago This neighborhood is not well maintained. The neighborhood is actually quite alarming with rampant homelessness, so it's scary to go for a walk. Not only that, But there are plenty of stray dogs, so I fear walking my pets as I have had bad experiences with stray dogs following my dogs and I as we walk. Most of them appear to be unfriendly. The neighborhood is dirty as well. There are good people that live in this neighborhood, but it takes team effort to maintain it. Okay. And next we have Aaliyah, who three years ago said, Dog owners would like that there are sidewalks to walk their dogs. They would not like the fact that there is trash and broken glass all over the sidewalks, though. And the fact that they wouldn't enjoy the best scenery, considering all of the graffiti and homeless people around. Very lackluster neighborhood. Yikes. Sounds like the city needs to step in and put a little effort into cleaning this area up. Ironically, the only positive review was left by a woman named Karen. She talked about the community center and farmer's market in the neighborhood. I suppose most Karens are on their best behavior these days, trying to shake off their whiny reputations. Anywho, that's where we are. Choice view. And there's going to be an incident at the bank over there. The Wells Fargo Bank on 346 Euclid Avenue. Oh my god, seriously? You want to hear about this bank? And what it's all about from the people? Fine, you twisted my arm. This Wells Fargo branch receives a very low 2.9 star average from just 37 Google reviews. Here's a four-star from Jasmine. Honestly, everyone but Esmeralda is really nice here. Every time I come, she's never smiling and appears annoyed. She also tries to find things to trip you up on minor details, on checks or money orders. They have the signature and date, but she'll be like, so-and-so is missing. Okay. You know what? I have some advice here. Here's what you do, lady. Next time you see Esmeralda, tell her she should smile more. Chicks love that. Next. Now we have Daniela, and she says, Horrible! If I could give zero stars, I would. But it doesn't let me. Do not make an appointment here at all. So ridiculous. I made an appointment two weeks in advance to speak with a banker. Eventually, that didn't happen. They had me waiting 30 minutes. There was only one lady there that was on the phone, and she didn't stop to let me know she will be busy. They are understaffed. The security dude that is in charge of the door has no manners whatsoever. He is rude and so unpleasant. There was a long line and one teller. Like, what the heck is that? There should be more than one teller. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds frustrating indeed. Okay, so we're going to visit this bank after hours, making those reviews completely irrelevant. I don't know why you wanted to hear them, but you know me, give the people what they want. I gotta tell you about Factor, everybody. Factor is awesome, and they make eating better easy with their delicious, ready to eat meals. Do you like to save time? Of course you do! With Factor, every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted and ready to go in just two minutes. There's no prep and no mess. The meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no cooking or cleanup necessary, which is great if you're a person like me who is always on the go. Eating fast food is fun. But let's face it—it's usually greasy and has become quite expensive. We've done the math; the numbers are in, and Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, so you can feel good about your choices. So what are you waiting for, illegalites? Head to FactorMeals.com/excuse-me-that's-illegal50 and use code excuse-me-that's-illegal50 to get 50% off. That's code excuse me, that's illegal fifty at factormeals.com slash excuse me, that's illegal fifty to get fifty percent off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go to the gym? Go for a run? Read a book? Take a nap? I'd probably take a nap. Yeah, definitely take a nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? And therapy can help you find what matters most to you, so you can do more of it. It's also helpful for learning positive coping skills, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sounds good, don't it? Learn to make time for what makes you happy, with BetterHelp. Here's what you gotta do. Visit BetterHelp.com slash excuse me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P pcom excuse me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Once again, we're at the Wells Fargo Bank. It's 3.15 in the a.m. on April 27th, 2020. It's a Wednesday, and police receive a call that the security alarm is going off at this fine financial institution. So six of San Diego PD's finest assemble, and they surround the bank. Through impressive detective work, they figure out how someone may have gotten in. They find the point of entry. It is right near the drive through ATM area. There's a shattered window and broken glass shards and debris on the pavement. The security company is able to check their monitors and actually confirm to police that the perpetrator is, in fact, still in the building. The officers have their guns out. It's a pretty intense scene, as they're ready for a showdown if need be. And, you know, say what you want about the police. People have differing opinions. But, man, times like these, they step into some wild situations. It takes guts. So you got to respect them on some level. One of the officers hollers into the window. San Diego police, you're under arrest. We need you to come out with your hands up. This is met with dead silence. They give it some time, and after a while, they issue another warning to whoever's inside the building. They tell them that they have a canine here, and if they don't get a response real soon, they're going to let the dog out. Again, this is met with silence. Up to this point, the officers have taken their time, but now enough is enough. It's been an hour, it's time to take a more aggressive approach. They knock down the door and send the canine in. Less than a minute later, police get their man. They walk out of the building with a jovial dude, handcuffed, bald, he's got that horseshoe hairdo going, nothing on top but some scruff on the sides, and he's hobbling out wearing just one shoe. He's a likable guy, and not at all what police were expecting when they stepped into this scene. He's got a big smile on his face, he's joking around, he tells police that he's homeless and was hungry. And the whole reason he broke into the bank was so he could heat up a couple of Hot Pockets and eat them. You knew it was coming, right? This being a Hot Pocket episode. This is such a strange excuse, but it kind of makes sense. The man was apprehended in the bank's break room, and it did smell like Hot Pockets in there and there is a microwave in there, and there was that empty box of Hot Pockets on the table. It's all adding up. The cool thing about this is there was a freelance photographer there, and he got a lot of footage of the whole ordeal, and he actually videotapes the homeless man being taken out of the building and into a squad car. He has a short conversation with him too. This is how it goes down. Cameraman, you did that for a Hot Pocket? Homeless man nods, matter-of-factly. Yeah. All that for a hot pocket. Cameraman, you broke into a bank for a hot pocket? Homeless man, hot pocket. Hot pockets. Cameraman, well, was it worth it? Homeless man looks at cameraman like he's an absolute idiot for even asking. Hell yeah, it was worth it. You bet your motherfucking ass it was worth it. A hot pocket? Hell yeah. Love it. And you can see the cop behind him give a smirk. At least I think he did. He was wearing a mask. Keep in mind, this was April of 2020, so just a month into the whole coronavirus era. People in the comments of that clip on YouTube were loving the homeless man. Some even saying Hot Pocket should hire him as their new spokesman. Not a bad idea. I mean, Subway did it with Jared, and we all know how that turned out. I keep calling the man who broke into the bank homeless guy. That's because every article I could find listed him as an unnamed homeless man. Which I hope is a good sign that police gave him a break and just let him off with a stern warning. I'm sure he spent a couple nights in jail though, as he did smash a window and break into a financial institution. A few nights in the slammer probably isn't that bad anyway, when you are one of the unhoused. I've seen this homeless teen on Instagram that makes videos of what he eats on a daily basis. It's kind of interesting. You gotta get creative out there. He's built up a decent following and made enough off his videos and donations to get himself a vehicle, which is awesome. But sometimes he buys some cheap ramen. Then he'll go into a convenience store and say that the clerk was nice enough to let him use some water and their microwave to heat it up. This homeless man, there had to be a Circle K or something nearby this 24 hours. He should have used that same approach. I'm sure they'd let him use the microwave if he asked nicely. Either way, man, he's got to do something different next time. Because whenever he wants to warm up a delicious, steamy, cheese-filled Hot Pocket, he can't go breaking the bank. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 125, Hot Pockets. The things people will do when they are hungry, eh? Hot Pockets, by the way, unfortunately not a sponsor of this show. Yet. Alright, you know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. This listener confession comes in from Emma in a faraway land. Hey, Leroy. I'm listening from Sweden, where you have really brightened this cold and dark winter for me. I usually listen while I muck out my horses' stables. You are a great companion to have there. I have a sexy little poop story for you, but please excuse the bad writing. English is not my first language. When I was in my upper teens and my friends used to go to metal concerts and hang out with some really cool and tough guys, or that's how we saw them at the time, some of these guys were a few years older than us and not really that nice. They used to be quite mean to us, little girls, and we were a bit scared of them. But one night my friend Anna hooked up with one of these guys He was a quiet guy who usually kept to himself and wasn't as disrespectful as the others. He had even been almost nice to us a few times. Anna was really beautiful with long blonde hair and huge blue eyes. And soon they disappeared from the concert to her place for some alone time. Early the next morning, I got a call from Anna. She was in a panic and just screamed that I had to come over at once. I rushed over and when I entered the building, I noticed a foul smell in the hallway. When I got to her apartment door and entered, the smell got even worse. Anna explained that the night before had been amazing. The guy was really sweet to her, and they had a lot of great sex before falling asleep together. But when she woke up, everything was a complete disaster. The guy was gone. He had just left without waking her up or even leaving her a note. Instead, he had left something else. Shit was smeared everywhere in the apartment. It was in the bed, on the floor, on the walls, on the doorknobs, even in the clothes hamper. It smelled horrible, and Anna was completely devastated. But we had to clean it up, so even though we were both disgusted and also really hung over from the night before, we started deep cleaning everything to get rid of the massive amount of poop. Anna felt so betrayed and embarrassed, and we felt so stupid that we had thought this guy was nice. Obviously, he was as bad as the other ones, and they were probably all laughing at how he destroyed her apartment before taking off without a word. In the middle of the cleaning, things got even worse. Anna's landlords, an elderly couple that lived on the floor below her, knocked on her door and had a serious complaint. They said that they had been woken up during the night to a big naked man knocking on their door, and when they opened, he smeared feces on their door and then just ran up the stairs to Anna's apartment. They were furious and said that she had to clean the hallway and stairs also, as there was poop on the walls, floor, and neighbors' doors. We cleaned all day, and Anna made me promise to not tell anyone about how stupid she had been to trust this guy and take him home. After this incident, we didn't hang out with these guys that much anymore. In fact, we didn't even see the guy who did it again, which was just as well as Anna didn't want anyone to know about it at all. About six months later, I was in the same class as a girl that turned out to be this guy's younger sister. She was really nice, and eventually I couldn't stop myself from asking about her brother and directing the conversation to if he usually acted as a jerk after sleeping with a girl. I mentioned that he hadn't been treating my friend very well and had left her apartment in a mess. Then I got the full story from her. It turned out this guy was a nice one, and a shy one too. After drunkenly having sex with Anna that night, they had fallen asleep, and he had then woken up to the realization that he was about to poop himself in her bed. He had panicked and tried to quickly and quietly sneak out of bed, but somehow instead fell to the floor and shit himself on impact. Then it was all downhill from there. He started to clean up by using his own t-shirt, and for some reason then tried to hide it in the clothes hamper. He then attempted to feel his way to the bathroom in the dark, smearing shit all over the walls and everything else he touched. He eventually found the door to the bathroom and as another wave of stomach cramps was near, he ran through the door just to find that it was not the bathroom door, but the door out from the apartment. The momentum caused him to tumble down the stairs completely naked while shitting himself again. At the end of the stairs, he rolled into the landlord's door and when he tried to stand up, the door opened and he just stared at the shocked elderly couple. He then ran up the stairs to Anna's apartment, grabbed his things and just fled the scene. According to his sister, he was so embarrassed that he didn't leave home for weeks after and had actually just left town to stay with friends in another part of the country for a couple months. The poor guy felt so bad about the whole thing but was way too ashamed to ever contact Anna. In fact, neither of us has ever seen him again. Maybe he never moved back here again. To this day, I cannot use any lemon-scented cleaning products without feeling ill. The smell immediately takes me back to that day, kneeling on the floor and trying to scrub the horror from the carpet. Keep up the excellent work, Leroy. I really look forward to your episodes every 10 days, or, you know, whenever you feel ready. Love, Emma. Wow. First of all, your writing is wonderful, Emma. And for English being your second language, you should be proud. It's just as good as mine, and I have no excuse, as I only speak English. Secondly, oh man, what a story. And I had my opinion on how that mess went down. I thought it may have been an accident too, with the laundry hamper having shit smeared in it. Like maybe he was attempting to clean up or something. But then I was confused that he went to the landlord's door. The fact that you got the actual story from that guy's sister is fantastic so she could fill in some blanks and do a play-by-play of that series of unfortunate events. (laughs) Apparently that guy is just really, really clumsy. That made me think of a crazy would-you-rather situation. Would you rather be terrible in bed or excellent at lovemaking, but after every sexual escapade you wake up confused in the dark in a pile of your own shit and have to flee town without ever speaking to that partner again? That's a tough one. You sound like a great person, Emma, for helping out your friend, and I'm honored that I get to join you out there mucking horse stables in Sweden. I love that. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is the email. Send me your petty crime confessions or wild and zany stories. And like my Swedish friend, Emma, you too could have your story played on the air. Also, join the Neighborhood Watch on Patreon for the price of a Big Mac a month. You can get ad-free episodes and some kick-ass bonus content. Follow me on Instagram. I've been pretty active over there doing the reels. It's been fun. Uh, Join the Facebook group. There's links to all that stuff in the show notes. Before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you from a podcast called Teachers Talk Crime, hosted by Brooke and Ashley. Each episode, they dive into crimes involving students, or at least student-aged kids, you know, teenagers and stuff. And they break it down from an interesting angle, both of these lovely ladies being teachers. So it's pretty neat and worth your time if you're looking for another true crime podcast to binge. I'll step aside and let them tell you all about their podcast in a moment. As for myself, I'll meet you back here in 10 days to serve you up another hearty helping of soft softcore scumbaggery. Peace! Take it away, ladies.
1: I'm Ashley. And I'm Brooke. And we're the host of Teachers Who Talk Crime Podcast. Hey, Ashley, did you know that teachers have lives outside of school? They even have hobbies.
0: What? Shocker alert.
1: And it just so happens we are among those teachers. One of our hobbies was true crime, so we decided to make a podcast about it. But not just any true crime podcast, a true crime podcast about kids. That's right. The ones we teach every day. Each week, we focus on a case that involves student age kids. We discuss what happened and where the educational system could have helped prevent these tragedies. But also, we share our own lives with you inside the classroom, and we tell our personal experience that we've had with some crazies. Mm, And that is Yikes on Tax on Bikes. So see you every Monday and the occasional happy hour when a full moon is present. Listen to Teachers Talk Crime wherever you get your podcasts. So sit down, shut up. The murder is about to begin.